It was 6 p.m. as Jenna strode into CrossFit. She had just finished her classes for the day and was looking forward to getting her sweat on. Jenna loved to work out and push herself. The challenging workouts of the day and friendly competition appealed to her. Among her peers, she was the best at the heavy lifts. She kicked ass on the deadlift. She was proud of her strength. Today, as she looked up at the board, she saw the dreaded muscle-up. Uh-oh. The muscle-up is a very challenging movement that she'd been so far unable to master. She completed her warm-up, and now was the tough part. Everyone seemed to be watching as she grabbed the bar, shouting words of encouragement. She felt her muscles engage as she swung her body up to the bar. She got her chest over the top, but she was stuck. She just could not manage to get high enough to push herself above the bar. Everyone was calling out instructions. You can do it. Engage your lats. She continued to work on it, but she just couldn't get it. As time was up, she stepped away from the bar. Damn, this is frustrating. Why can't I get this? I suck. She was so embarrassed. She had been trying to master this move for months. You know, her friends told her it was okay and that she'd get it soon. But she felt they were averting their eyes and not looking at her directly, like they were disappointed in her. Her coach didn't really say anything at all. As she looked at the other women in the group, she couldn't help but notice they were quite a bit leaner than she was, their crop tops showing off toned six-packs. I am just too big to do this, thought Jenna. She was keenly aware that her friends must recognize this, too. They must think, doesn't she know that her weight is holding her back? Jenna felt herself starting to get upset and tried to shrug it off. She just stuffed it down and completed her workout. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating Podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia. If you met Jenna, the first things you would notice about her are her lovely, shy smile and quiet warmth. You would also notice how athletic she was. She was quite fit, a real badass. And she was on her way to a meaningful career. She was just completing her teaching degree. She was going to make a difference in the world. The last thing that would cross your mind was, gee, I wonder if she can do a muscle-up. So, how does this story relate to you? Have you ever been disappointed in your body like Jenna? What do you say to yourself? I was reading a practice called Compassionate Movement in Dr. Kristen Neff's book, The Mindful Self-Compassion Workbook. At one point it said, and I quote, Sometimes our bodies disappoint us, or we are not happy with the way they look or feel or move. If that is so for you, just be with yourself and your tender heart for a moment. Your body is doing its best. What do you need right now? Unquote. Hmm. Your body is doing its best? The idea that your body is doing its best really struck me. Somehow thinking of my body as having an intention to do its best and be there for me does make me feel differently about it. My body was doing its best to pedal fast in spin class. My body is doing its best to carry me around and digest my food and perform my usual tasks. I somehow feel more kindly to it, thinking of it that way. I certainly shouldn't think mean thoughts. 
it's doing its best. I shared this concept with our coaching group. Our clients responded to this idea enthusiastically. They commented that their bodies were doing their best to heal hamstring injuries, run around the soccer field, and adapt to strength training. As one woman named Kate said, I never get annoyed at my daughter when she does her best, even if she doesn't achieve the success she desires. I remind her what she has accomplished. I need to treat my body like I treat my kid. My body is doing its best to help me through my days. Just think how much more motivated it would be if I showed it my appreciation by treating it with kindness. The idea of appreciation and self-kindness is a stark departure from how we sometimes treat our bodies, addressing them with anger or disapproval. Many of our clients, when they come to us, deem their bodies to be unacceptable and not representative of who they are. They say things like, I don't even know who I am. I don't recognize myself. There is a seemingly continuing dialogue of not good enough and negative comparison with others. So, what is the impact of all this self-criticism? In particular, how might it affect binge eating? A recent 2019 study by University College London, published in the journal Appetite, attempted to find that out. In particular, to identify the roles of self-compassion versus self-criticism and their impact on binge eating. They noted that previous research had already shown that people with eating disorders tend to be highly self-critical. Self-criticism includes negative judgments and evaluations and is often activated by failures to meet personal standards. Perhaps people relate to themselves in this way in an attempt to self-correct and improve personal features and behaviors. Self-criticism also appears to worsen perceptions of inferiority, defectiveness, and feelings of shame. Yikes. Furthermore, individuals with eating disorders report difficulties in generating and fear of experiencing self-compassion. Thus, binge eating may serve a functional role to comfort and to soothe the self and escape awareness of distressing thoughts and feelings. But the relief is usually short-lived and followed by intense feelings of shame, guilt, and self-disgust, which can trigger further binge episodes. Yeah, we don't want that. So given that, they wondered, could they measure the effect of practicing self-compassion and how it might affect binge eating? To test this, they recruited 63 women with either binge eating or bulimia. First, they had their poor subjects endure what is called a negative mood induction procedure. Interesting. I find just watching the news can do that. No lab required. I wondered if these guys knew what they were getting into. Well, it wasn't too bad. They were asked to take a very difficult test. On this test, most people are lucky if they get one out of 10 right. When the test was over, each person was told that they scored below the norm and that this test was highly correlated with academic success and IQ. Whoa. So now that they were feeling pretty low, they split them into two groups. One group of subjects listened to a self-compassion meditation, and the other group was asked questions that were designed to foster further self-criticism and negative thoughts. These questions were supplied by their mothers. Oh, I made that last part up. <laughs> mothers can be good at that. Anyway, then came the fun part. Each subject individually was presented with treat foods, cake, cookies, and chocolate, 
and asked to rate their level of craving, just looking at the food. Then they were asked to taste the food and to rate the taste. At the end, they were left alone with the food and told they could eat it if they wanted to, since it was going to be thrown out anyway. Then they measured the actual amount of food eaten. So, what do you think happened? What would be the effect of the two approaches on craving, taste, and consumption? Interestingly, both groups reported similar levels of wanting and liking the food prior to tasting. This actually is a bit different from previous studies that showed increased cravings due to negative mood. After the taste test, the self-critical group rated their wanting of the food significantly higher than the self-compassion group. So the negative thoughts made them want to eat more. The self-compassion group rated the food as less tasty. When left alone to eat the food, the self-compassion group ate on average 161 calories, compared to almost double that, 305 calories, for the self-critical group. So in summary, self-compassion after a negative mood induction was associated with improved mood, reduction in the rewarding value of food, reduced wanting to continue to eat, and reduced food consumption. This suggests that the cultivation of self-compassion could help individuals with binge eating disorder and bulimia self-regulate their eating behavior. So, maybe this isn't all that surprising. Self-criticism leading to higher cravings and food consumption. Yet, is there some part of you that thinks it's necessary to be a bit tough on yourself? Does some part of you rely on this for motivation? We think that holding high standards and being tough on ourselves about our shortcomings is going to gin up our motivation. But as a study showed, it has the opposite effect. So it is not helpful, it's harmful. Also, leaving food out of the equation. Consider how self-criticism makes you feel. Even that alone should be enough to reconsider it. How does it feel when I get down on myself? Conversely, how does it feel when I direct compassion towards myself? In our coaching group, much of the self-criticism is directed at the body. Poor body. So what would happen if we choose instead to think of our bodies as a teammate? What if taking care of them feels natural? What if we recognize that our bodies are doing the best they can? We can help our bodies fend off disease by washing hands, eating nutritiously, and getting enough sleep. When we have a sudden ache or pain, we can assist our body in healing by backing off on the run we were planning, maybe taking some ibuprofen or getting ourselves an ice pack. When our eyes are strained at 9 p.m., we can turn away from our phones and let them rest without the glowing screen. Small ways of taking care of our body nurture the relationship we have with it. And when it feels better, we are happier. It really is a win-win to adopt a benevolent view of your body. It's not perfect. It's going to break and have bugs in the software. But it's the one we have, and we can help it along. So first of all, try to bring awareness to your thoughts. Are you highly self-critical? Have you noticed yourself thinking harshly about your body? What sort of things do you say to yourself? Perhaps these come up in certain situations like they did for Jenna at CrossFit. Next, recognize that these thoughts are not helpful. They are a false source of motivation. 
consider a compassionate response, such as, my body is doing its best.